1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the College DeCanton Podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. And NFL football is back—at uh, least, kind of. We, uh, you know, had the Hall of Fame game, and with that, uh, we had plenty of bad football to be played, and <laughs> and a bunch of uh, Chris Collinsworth saying too much and uh, whatnot. But you know, it, it doesn't even matter because football is back. We're just excited to have anything back. We got college football around the corner. Top. Top colleges already back with their fall camps and and everything, but uh, today we are going to be talking about some of our favorite rookies that are already making noise in NFL camps, uh, in NFL preseason games, and players we want to see here soon, and also because the Hall of Fame game just took place, and this is the College to Canton show, Uh, we will spend some time talking about players in the NFL right now who are actually on a Hall of Fame pace uh, to make it one day, perhaps. Uh, but before, but before we do dive in, uh, just you can find my work at RotoViz. You can find me on Twitter at ff underscore Travis M. And I'm also today joined by my co-host Stefan Laco at Staphon Laco on Twitter. Good to see ya. I know we're kind of having some technical difficulties, just even getting things rolling on this show. Uh, so sorry if the audio sounds different than normal, but uh, I'm just glad to uh, be talking football with you, Stefan.
2: Yeah, uh, we, can be, we can be honest here. It's my fault. My computer's not <laughs> working. So uh, we're doing this like COVID days, baby. We're on Zoom. Thank you so much, yes. Zoom. And uh, we're going to get through it. No, dude, it's, it's good. I did watch uh, most of the Hall of Fame game. I do like the Jaguars. Like They're like one of my old school favorite teams. Uh, I remember when Tony Baselli was like taking number one and uh, him getting inducted today was pretty cool. Not today, but him like, being there and them interviewing him. It was really cool seeing it, uh, reminded me of like when they drafted him, when he was a kid, but like, well, no, when I was a kid, he was well, he was too, I guess.
1: But, <laughs>
2: um, yeah, good stuff, man. It's fun. Yeah. And, uh, can't wait to talk a little Zamir white with you. Oh
1: yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get to it for sure. But Hey, listeners, if you're joining us for the first time, I know a lot of people tune in to more podcasts as the season approaches. Uh, the college to get in show is basically just about the journey from beginning to end about basically all the best football players and prospects. You know from college football recruit throughout their college, you know, career, early NFL, all the way to the discussions as to whether they should even be in the Hall of Fame. But really, we focus on fantasy football because we, ner- we are nerds like that. Uh, but we we mix in some real football stuff too. Uh, before we jump into uh, just discussions of some of our favorite rookies, I like Zamir White uh, and this laundry list of players you want to go over that have been getting some some hype. I do just want to briefly discuss the brand new hall of fame class. Uh, it, it was fun to see them actually get introduced at the hall of fame game and everything, but some names that I, I've recognized and I've actually seen play, like it used to be when I was growing up, I'd see like this list of hall of famers. And I'm like, I have no idea who this person is. Like i never see, you know, like you, you've never seen this person play ever. Uh, and, and you know, I'm not going to lie. I never saw Cliff Branch play, you know, that's he's a, who I was going to say, I have he didn't play. So. No, no, but like he was a multiple, you know, Super Bowl winner. Not great raw stats, but he played forever ago. Uh, so like three times All Pro, which is kind of crazy. He had 183 career games played, which is just nuts. Um, and then of course Leroy Butler, who I uh, was, I guess, the creator uh, of the Lambo Leap, which which started yeah, that. Yeah, I tramp. learned that today. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, it just it, regardless of anything else you did in your career, if you made up the the Lambo Leap, yeah, you're in. Sorry, like that's it. So. And then Richard Seymour, uh, I hated that dude uh, when I was uh, young because, like, man, I just despised the early stages of the uh, this the Patriots' dynasty. Three Super Bowls in his first four seasons. Like, talking about getting spoiled when you come into the league, like, that's right? not normal. Like, <laughs> like that's crazy. Three well, it's, Super Bowls. it's like when
2: we launched this podcast and, you know, you started winning awards left and right, right away. Now you're oh, yeah. the number one podcast in all of America. So congratulations. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's exactly the same yes exactly but bryant young uh huge 49ers long time player i guess super bowl winner and what i was digging into his stats um even this off season just looking at the class as it was coming in it was funny how how many sacks he actually averaged uh from the interior like even though he was a defensive tackle he averaged over six sacks per season which is really tough to do uh so that that's pretty cool um Sam Mills, linebacker, over 100 tackles per year career, which that's that's nuts. Over 100, I mean cuz like a lot of times guys kind of fall off at the end of their career, you know, they don't hold those crazy averages that they were doing at their peak, but 100 plus tackles on average for his entire career is is nuts. That's so, crazy. Yeah, and then Tony Bacelli, offensive tackles don't have the stats. We'll have to see, but but still uh just I mean he was what, the face of the Jaguars when you were probably actually a fan of the
2: jaguars yeah, yeah like when mark Brunell was like winning games for for the jaguars leading them to the afc championship uh Buscelli was the best player on that offense i mean uh arguably uh it's crazy he had a really short career i think he only played like six seasons um so to get into the hall of fame after such a short career is pretty incredible i know it took him a while but
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, he's one of the shortest careers ever to make it in. Uh, the shortest Unreal. career for any uh, Hall of Fame player is six seasons. I believe he had seven in total. But still, like six or seven years, like that—that's very rare that a player of that uh, short of a career gets in. You have to be absolutely insanely dominant um, to to make it. I mean, to play seven years and to be a three-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler. Uh, that's kind of, that's, that's nuts. So he yeah. was,
2: especially cause you said branch was a three-time all pro and, and he played 14, like, what, 15 seasons. Yeah. He played yeah. 14
1: years and was a three-time yeah. all pro. So yeah, to do that in half the career, that's, that's insane. But let's, let's pivot. We'll get back to some guys that are on a hall of fame place, uh, pace rather a bunch of our favorite current NFL players, but want to talk about some favorite rookies uh, or rookies that are really making noise in camp. Um, and really, just take a moment to talk about w- whether we believe in them, what we uh, expect out of them in year one, and perhaps moving forward. Um, and so, really, just kicking things off up top. Uh, I want to talk about y- your guy. I mean, I-, I don't know if you root for the Seahawks anymore at all. Uh, you-, you-, you might be just like <laughs> abandoning <laughs> okay, them after know. their it's... foolish moves, getting rid of Russell Wilson and everything. But I, I do want to talk about Kenneth Walker because um, he's somebody that when he got drafted, he was you know second. Uh, you know, second round running back, um, really big deal. It went to a situation where they've ignored draft capital in the past and completely benched their first round picks uh, at the running back position. And so, but now it really looks like with uh, you know the unfortunate I guess retirement of uh, Chris Carson yeah. and uh, Rashad Penny being his primary competition there, Kenneth Walker looks like he's going to be the starting Seahawks running back. And I know we don't like the quarterback situation there. But uh, are you a believer in Dwight? Do you think that there's a possibility that Kenneth Walker is actually the most productive rookie running back this season?
2: Ooh. Um, I have to think. Yes, I do think that's um, now. Now you're going to make me uh, you're going to force me to check the uh, the <laughs> Vegas odds. Going to have to talk to my bookie, uh, who is myself, uh, to see about <laughs> that one, because that actually sounds pretty tasty at the moment. Yeah, I love Chris Carson, man. A uh, huge Carson fan. It was a cool story. Just getting a draft in the seventh round from Oklahoma state. And he was just such a ferocious runner. And unfortunately uh, that neck injury just yeah, forced him to retire. But that opens up a backfield to uh, Rashad Penny, as you mentioned, who, yeah, he ended the year well last year, but um, they did not, if I'm not mistaken, they did not pick up his fifth year option Um or, I'm probably getting someone else mistaken. I don't think he's been around that long, has he? Anyway, um, (laughs) Ken Walker is getting the majority of the reps in camp. Uh, They are raving about his hands. They've been using him a lot in the passing game in the red zone. Uh, He scored a beautiful touchdown the other day on a wheel route. Um, And while I don't think we're going to be super hopeful for Ken Walker's receiving output, the fact that it's a possibility is exciting. I think he's going to get the bulk of the carries. Um, I do think it's going to be a split, but there's only like three or four teams right now, Travis, that, that don't have a committee backfield. You know, like uh, your boy Jonathan Taylor got going to get him some. Najee Harris is going to get his. There's not very many other running backs we can say that about, and I think Ken Walker is an oppor- has an opportunity uh, to really be dominant. Now, I don't think, like you said, we're excited about this offense, but I think he's going to get the volume and do enough in the passing game uh, to be pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is the Seahawks, and they are playing a version, a variation of football. Like I guess there was like four or five weeks where they uh, leaped into this century, and then they went right back to it. But they're, they're right. kind of playing right. a, a different style of, uh, of football. I mean, like w- them and the Titans, a few other teams, like can't even get up over 500 pass attempts on the season. Like, come on, guys. Please, please. Just. Get with get with it. Start throwing the ball. It, it just be fun. But because they aren't fun, that is going to be fun for those that happen to have yeah. Kenneth Walker on there. Or I guess I shouldn't say Ken Walker because he decided he wanted to start going by Ken, I guess. I know. I'm still not used to it. I'm not used to it either. I mean, like well, it, like guys that, you know, it, like it, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to I don't think I've ever successfully called uh, Odafe Owe Odafe Owe. Like he's Jason, right. Owen, you know, like, like yeah. players that I, you know, followed in college. Like it's when they change their name and mix it up. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's uh, that's going to take a minute, but yeah. It's okay. But yeah. So
2: Ken- I also wanted to just point out with Ken too, is like Seattle invested heavily in their offensive line over the off season, both like in the draft and, and, and through yeah. free agency. So I think Seattle is looking while they don't have a quarterback. I don't think they're going to get Garoppolo. I don't think it matters. Uh, for Kenneth Walker because they're going to be playing Smash Mouth football, um, and I think I think it's going to help out. And also, I know they just signed DK to a huge extension, yeah. which I don't really get with what's going on there. But he um, will stretch the field out. You can't really just um, put nine in the box when you got Lockett and uh, DK out there. I don't care who your quarterback is. So I think I think Ken has a good opportunity for some points. And I was not high on him. Um, after Seattle drafted him, a, a lot's changed to, uh, to move my opinion
1: on him. Yeah. And it actually has, I mean, I guess really it's that they've struggled with a healthy primary back to, you know, be the guy for 15 plus games of the past couple of seasons, but it has been since 2019 that they've actually fed a feature back all season long. And that was Chris Carson. He had like 278 carries that season. Uh, but I'm not really sure how the split's going to be, but even if he does get 60% of the carries and he actually s- sees some passing work, he could easily get around 200 touches or more as a uh, rookie in the NFL. And as far as rookie seasons go uh, for running backs, that's, that's solid. That's not like, hey, blow you out of the water, Saquon or Ezekiel Elliott type explosive years. But in a class that we've proclaimed publicly and confidently for a long time is a weak running back class. It's awesome to see Ken Walker uh, working his way into the starting role. Brees Hall probably doing the same. But uh, it'll be fun to watch and track uh, to, to see who's going to be the most productive rookie in year one. I, I have, and speaking of, I I, I I need you to sell me on James Cook. I know that there's lots of hype. I know that he he's making people look silly in camp or whatever. And uh, James Cook truthers uh, that like him. And I'm not saying he's bad at all. I, I know my tone is kind of condescending, but it's it's really not. It's just um, given the situation there, given that Josh Allen is already like their their goal back, and Devin Singletary has been a career goal linebacker despite, uh, despite his stature. Um, and now they, they have James Cook to be the receiving running back. But like, what's the upside with James Cook? Because, I mean, I've seen people grabbing him in the early first of rookie drafts this year in multiple leagues. And then now that confidence coming in even stronger now that training camp videos are coming out and, and you know, people are talking about his crazy upside and where you should even draft in him in redraft leagues. Uh, So I don't know. Are you higher than me uh, on James cook uh, this year and beyond?
2: I, I think I texted you when he got drafted to the bills and I was like, James cook one oh one. Now of course I was joking, (laughs) but I was excited about the fit. Uh, I was excited about that fit uh, in a similar way to how you were excited about Rashad White and, and still are. <laughs> right. um, I think James Cook is going to fit in that offense really, really well. Um, do you happen to have my computer's broken uh, so I can't look that? Do you happen to know where the Bills rank uh, in pace of play?
1: Um, pace of play, I don't actually have pulled up right now. I, I, okay, are you talking about? So the-
2: I'm assuming it's pretty quick. Um, here's the thing that I. I think is overlooked sometimes is teams with high pace of play when they have an explosive play they're not looking to sub out players because it gives the defense an opportunity to do the same. I think James Cook is going to be um, given just because he's on the field a lot of opportunities to score within the red zone, uh, maybe not like goal to go situations, but in still uh, favorable favorable situations, and he is the pass um, catching back in a what we expect to be a prolific passing offense who. Um, I know everyone wants Gabriel Davis to be the truth, but he's not yet. I think James Cook, uh, he's been lining up at receiver in camp as well. Um, he's been getting reps uh, with the first team at receiver. So it's it's pretty exciting. He could be a very versatile player, um, simil- similar to what I think we'll see in Jacksonville with Etienne. Um, I think Singletary being average, the fact that uh, they went and got Zach Moss, and then now went and got James Cook shows that they're not necessarily extremely pleased with what they have. And they'd like to see if maybe they can get a little bit more explosive. So I do think there's an opportunity for James Cook uh, to have a bigger role. Now, I'm not counting on it. Uh, I, I, I'm i not going to bet this one like I might Ken Walker. Um, but I think it's, uh, it's a pretty decent shot. Uh, RJ White today on uh, one of the CBS podcasts was talking about um, – about the role that he he predicts actually uh, Cook to have, I think he he bet like he um, R.J. White is one of the big handicap. Uh, he's on like the sport sports line and does all the betting yeah. stuff. And he took uh, James Cook as his offensive rookie of the year because the odds were pretty good. And uh, he put forth a compelling case. So um, while I don't think you and I are truthers by any stretch of the imagination, I think I'm a little higher than you.
1: Yeah, I, I think you are. But I, I, I want to get excited about him because it, watching him against SEC opponents and and still looking like the most explosive player on the field at times was really fun. Uh, and it yeah. was really fun this, this last year in his fourth season for them, uh, finally uh, putting together a, a supremely productive season. I know that they played more games than anybody else, but he still got to 1000 plus yards from scrimmage in his final year. And it, it was receiving production where he was succeeding. It was efficient running where he was succeeding. And so I liked him uh, as a prospect. It was just that he was a little bit undersized and didn't have yeah. a, a super nice profile that spoke to me and said, hey, this guy has, you know, the ability to tote the rock and be the, the guy ever. Um, but you but know, it, Georgia doesn't do that with a lot of their running backs, you know, no. like well, we,
2: I think we talked about that last week, like with with, uh, with Chubb, you know, he's one of those exceptions. So. But but.
1: like, I mean, he, he just really, I mean, he never had more than 113 carries in a year ever. Yeah. So that was, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So I, I mean, even when like the lower stats guys like Swift, they they were, they were, they were much more productive um, as, as runners than he ever was. So, I mean, to to have like three years where he, you don't even get to like 350 rushing yards in a season. And then your final season, you finally do it. It's not exactly the profile that we like at Rotobiz at all. That, that's but, true yeah but at the same time it, it's really hard to deny his explosiveness i i do see that i think it's fun he's getting slot reps i know there's similar buzz to etn like you mentioned last year but i had somebody like up in my mentions trying to like convince me that james cook was just going to be the starting slot receiver for them this year oh yeah it's <laughs> yeah. like oh, okay bro that's cool that, yeah I- that's I mean, he's gonna he might you know shift out to the slot some. They might have some packages where he and right. Singletary on the on the field, and he's in the slot every once in a while. But that's not going to be like no, his normal I, role, I, I agree. and that wouldn't even be a good thing if that was the case. You know, it's like, yeah, I I, I know we love to see the targets and everything like that, but um, I think his ceiling is just more capped than uh, the believers want to address and deal with. So. I'm dampening it just because his hype is so strong right now that it would be impossible to even pry him away from anyone that I wanted to grab him from. So I will gladly uh, take by the dip after Devin Singletary is clearly the guy out touching him like 15 to nine. uh, Yeah, or
2: or maybe you you go out and try to make a trade for first Singletary. You know, like
1: yeah, right now would be I'm sure you can get him cheap. Yeah, he was a guy who had what 230 ish touches last year. So, yeah, that that's a pretty nice, super, super cheap, what, like, he's like an RB4 and 5 price? Like, seriously, like, this yeah. season I've drafted him as, like, an RB4 in a couple spots. So, yeah, that, that's not a bad play when the guy like James Cook is going off. But I still believe he will be productive in, in a long-term player. Like, even if he's like a James, same name, like a James White. Like a really productive receiving back for a very long time in the NFL. That could be his... Avenue to long term success. But uh, staying with uh, little guys who uh, people want to put in the slot, but they can do much more, Sky Moore, <laughs> there's another pun in there. I missed it with the word more, but that's okay. Oh, I liked it. I <laughs> thought it was intentional and I'm, I was here for uh, it. Yeah, you know, even more, Sky Moore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, now that Tyreek Hill is not there, he's with the Dolphins and is going to Which have to. Which I don't no actually problem. know your take on.
2: Tyreek Hill. If you don't mind real quick, a quick digression. Sure. What's your, uh, what's your take on Tyreek Hill? Because, uh, I have zero shares. I traded away the one share I had. Uh, and I don't know if that was a foolish move or not.
1: You know, I had this conversation on Scott Connors pod, uh, not specifically about Tyreek Hill, but we were talking about what makes elite wide receivers elite and uh, how much of it should be attributed to the quarterback versus attributed to the wide receiver. Um, and if you look at the most productive wide receivers of all time over the years when they had their productive crazy spikes like even the greats like Randy Moss like had bad stints when they had bad quarterback play uh, and some people have thought to argue that it would you know make them sound smart like you know say well now he's with Tua so he's not going to be as good or whatever Tua can't throw right big balls and stuff like I'm sorry like that just showed, like, you you were really telling on yourself that you have no idea what you're talking about. If you don't, if you don't think Tua can throw it deep, like, that's pretty much all he did at Alabama. He was, he, he, he put together, like, a top five efficient, like, passive efficient season, like, all time uh, for college football. Uh, and then was on that same pace before he got injured in his final season. So, um, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. He, he's got a great deep ball, deep ball, and he's demonstrated that some in camp. And, um, you know, the first couple passes that they showed on connection, like that, it wasn't even like a perfect spiral. So that blew up Twitter for a few weeks. Tyreek Kill <laughs> is going to be just fine. Yeah, it did. And I know there is a dip in quarterback play from Patrick Mahomes to Tua Tagovailoa, But Tua Tagovailoa is a top 20 NFL quarterback. Like he's not a top five or six or seven or eight or top 10 probably, but he's in that top 20 range and that's good enough if he can get it to you deep, Tyreek, uh, Another good one, buddy. Yeah, there we Deep go. He's going to be just fine. He's probably not going yeah. to be like on the, and we'll get to this here in a second, on the potential like Hall of Fame pace probably anymore. But he's going to be a back-end wide receiver one, uh, I believe, uh, even with Tua. Yeah. So. No, that's good. But yeah. back to Sky Moore because he's been looking good. Uh-huh. Outside of like that time he actually came out Gempy. I think, uh, briefly uh, a few days ago. I was like, oh, great. That stinks. I know. But I I think, I mean, Sky had had a great profile in college. Like, he broke out immediately as a true freshman for Western Michigan. Kind of took a back seat as they relied more on a couple of upperclassmen. um, Like D. Eskrich, uh, who can't stay healthy right now, Uh, ended up being a second-round pick. Kind of superseded him in targets because he was like a 57th-year senior uh, for one year. But Sky Moore was the dude this last year and wasn't just a short slot wide receiver. He was actually lined up out outside quite a bit for Western Michigan uh, in his final year for them comes out, has a great combine draft season. Everything gets the capital that we love to see and, and lands in the absolute best spot with perhaps the best quarterback in the NFL. And um, (laughs) it was
2: funny because right before the draft, everyone was like, let's make sky more to the cheese happen. And I was like, great. You guys just, it's never going to happen now. We all want it too badly. (laughs) And then it happens. And we were like, Wait, what?
1: It okay. actually happened, and that's that's so much fun because like he is he's so much better as a receiver than Miko Hardman was when he came in, and we thought, oh, you know, and, and around that time it was, it was like Tyree Kill was maybe not gonna, you know, there was that drama going on with him, so oh right, the Chiefs panicked and took like the twenty fifth best wide receiver in the draft and like on day two, and everyone's like, oh yeah, Miko Hardman's gonna be a thing, dude. Miko Hardman is is now and is. He, he's just—he is who he is. Like he's never going to be a good wide receiver. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's just not going to happen, you know. And like everybody under the, the age of like, under the age of like twenty five has no idea what I just said. But trying to stop trying to make Miko Hardman happen. It's not going to happen. And it's going to be because Sky Moore is going to happen. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 Nine years, there. ten years later, Josh Gordon's going to finally uh, put together something.
2: Yeah, because it's what Juju MVS
1: than yeah. Sky Moore and Nicole Hartman. Like, yeah, yeah. The MBS, opportunity's there. Yeah, MBS is, he'll be the deep splash guy a few times that, like he was in Green Bay. That's cool. Juju, I think, will be a really nice underneath target. Um, and I'm not sure how long he's going to be there. You know, he might decide to do some TikTok dances and get kicked to the curb again. <laughs> but Sky Moore, I think it, it, he's legit. Like, at any kind of camp hype you're seeing, like, we've been seeing a dominant, productive Guy who broke out at age eighteen, a wide receiver that was a, a, was a nice prospect, and we knew that was coming for a very long time, um, and so he's the perfect kind of road of wide receiver. He got the capital, the situation, he got the profile, right? Check, 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 check. So yeah, sign me up. I I probably had him ranked way too low uh, when the road of his rookie guide initially came out. Where did you have him? I think I had I don't like remember. late, I've late looked first. At it, I have it. I think of I like late, late I first for me. I think the average because um, Blair was super bullish on him, like he had him like fifth or something, and mm-hmm. I think the average still had him as like a late first or so. Um, but I was like, ah, I'm not really sure. I'm not like tipping him over the edge there for me personally. He was he was around there, but he was a little bit lower than Rotaviz consensus, if, if I believe correctly, uh, remember correctly. But mm-hmm. now I'm just like, you know what? I'm just gonna go with the the initial the initial yeah. eval and trust. I I have, I have a lot situation. I have a
2: lot of Sky Moore I'll be honest. I was I was pretty excited about the landing spot, the opportunity, and I'll be honest, uh going into camp, I thought this was more of a long-term play. I thought maybe similar to how Tyreek Hill um, took a, a a little bit to get going. Um I I thought maybe Sky Moore wouldn't be extremely productive his first season, and maybe he won't be. We'll see. Um but I'm I'm even more excited now after camp uh than I was just even two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So,
1: yeah, yeah, he had a great production profile and everything. We, we I don't know. I, I, I say that a thousand times. Like, we, we should have seen this coming. <laughs> and we yeah. just weren't yeah. aggressive enough in terms of uh, developmental Debbie fantasy football leagues, you know, leagues and ranking him high enough just because we saw the school that he went to and second guessed, you know, well, is he really going to get the capital? And yes, lo and behold, he did. So, yeah, here we are. So b- buy all of this guy more, even if you have to overpay, because a few weeks from now, it's probably not going to be an overpay. The sky's the limit. The, there we go. Sky's the limit. And I mean, <laughs> so much so there's actually an extra Y there in his name. But yeah, that's right. For real. Uh, any other, see, wide receivers. I mean, wait, there's so many, like at, at every time there's like, there's so many videos of every wide receiver beating somebody. Yes. And And, yes. and the thing is like, Camp at this point when they're in shorts or whatever, it's 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 designed to benefit the offense in many cases because they don't know what's coming. Like especially like in one on one situations, like when uh, a depth guy who's like in in second team reps or on his one first team rep that he gets shows up and then beats the corner one and everyone freaks out. It's like oh my gosh, this guy's gonna be a wide receiver fifteen. It's like no, he's not. Like he's he's still gonna be the wide receiver four on his team, whatever. And so that guy that I think is probably gonna be still in that situation. That is not going to see enough targets in year one to really warrant the preseason hype and even solid words from his own quarterback uh, and the hype surrounding that is uh, Romeo Dubs or Dobbs, depending on how, how you decide to pronounce it uh, in, in Debbie circles. I think we just jokingly call them Romeo Dubs because like, yes, Dubs but uh, I think it's actually Dobbs, but so it's whatever, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm forever going to call him Romeo Dubs just because I have for like yeah, four years. Yeah, me too. But yeah, hopefully he gets uh, some fantasy owners, uh, some, some Dubs eventually, but I don't think that's yep. going to be this season. Like I got, I know that seeing all the blurbs and everything we want to talk about when it comes to, to him, but that, that scheme at Nevada was, was really friendly in terms of just making creation, uh, creating separation kind of for you. (laughs) And, uh, he had a decent production profile as a sophomore stellar production as a third year, uh, breakout in 2020 in the weird COVID season. And of course, in, uh, his final year went off for 80 receptions over 1100 yards and over 10 scores. Um, and you know, didn't get perfect draft capital, but coming out of Nevada, it's hard to predict, you know, that he's going to be a top, top pick you know, it's, it's, you know, similar stuff to like Stefan Diggs range capital. So it's not the end of the world, but it's also not common that we see that guy hit. So does he hit this year? And like, what do we believe? Like that looks like, even if he does produce.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't think we'd be talking about him on this podcast at all. If Watson hadn't gotten injured, you know, um, and wasn't missing time in camp.
1: You mean the, the uh, copy of, uh, MVS? They they
2: got her yes <laughs> yes um, who I also was I I think um, my Sky Moore and Christian Watson um, I was yeah anyway uh, I I've been getting hotter on um, Sky Moore and cooling a lot on Watson as we get close but I own a lot of shares of each of them uh, but Dubs I think he's doing what he needs to do to try to get that wide receiver four or wide receiver five. um, Spot on his team that's Great but it's gonna take you know Watson not getting back on the field or Lazard getting hurt or something bad To happen in order for Him to get playing time That will be meaningful for Fantasy football Maybe you can throw him as a dart like A a, a hail Mary punt, one of your wide receivers And DFS and get lucky a couple times But um, I don't think this is The year we see Dubs handing out dubs. He's not going to be eating dubs with Jameis Winston. That's still the dumbest thing I've ever seen
1: when Jameis was eating his fingers. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah, definitely the dumbest thing I think we've ever seen a quarterback do. At least well, like, no, no, on no, camera cause, willingly cause Will Levis, in front of the... Will
2: Levis exists. So we've seen quarterbacks oh, man. do stupid NFL,
1: things. NFL pregame folks are not ready. <laughs> yeah. They're not ready for Will Levis.
2: No, I, don't like, to, I don't want it to Look, I'm going to think big, this I'll banana
1: and these pickles... <laughs> And, uh, and 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 a, and a tire, and make a milkshake. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna do some crazy stuff. But hey, no, folks, if, if you don't know who Will Levis is, he's the qu- quarterback for Kentucky. A lot of people think he's gonna be an early round draft pick next year. Uh, I hope he is. Just for the pregame nonsense yeah. that he's gonna eat, he puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Oh yeah, he put yeah mayo in his coffee. Gosh, that's and so he gross. Eats,
2: <laughs> and he eats banana peels to get more potassium. It's like bruh. Mm. vitamins
1: dude vitamins Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly but anyway a a couple other rookies that I definitely want to address because they've been really getting hype lately uh George Pickens Mm. and uh you know Chris Chris Olave. I think has been killing it in one-on-ones but George Pickens because of the situation and the pieces around him I know Deontay Johnson just got extended uh so you know the uh the idea of him being like the alpha and the only guy to go to beyond this year, that's that's gone. Like Deontay Johnson, they signed him with crazy money, especially like almost thirty million guaranteed. So it's like, hey, um, Deontay, you're still our wide receiver one. But I've never been a huge Chase Claypool fan, and uh, he right. lived off of essentially one really good game two years ago that uh, was his only wide receiver one game that entire season. Um, and everyone thought, oh, yeah, that, that's just who he's going to be for, for the rest of his career. Um, but he's been a, kind of a drama queen and uh, hilarious enough was actually the guy that, that announced the pick for George Pickens as yes as his eventual replacement. Um, George Pickens, the second round pick. Pickens, of course, broke out with like 30 percent dominator as a true freshman, posted an absurd production profile, uh, adjusted production profile for his freshman season. But then it looked like. On paper that he regressed but it really was you know he had quarterback struggles in the second season um, and then came on strong late with JT Daniels but then missed time with injury and so there were there were variables uh, you know along the way that kind of slowed him down but he was always a high pedigree borderline five-star uh, athlete at the position uh just freak of a, an, an athlete uh, who could always lay out who could always go deep I had questions about his route tree versatility, but he's already kind of you know showing he can win in several different ways in camp. So I'm betting at this point that Pickens is a wide receiver too long term for the Steelers. Very soon, by next year. This year, I'm putting a lid on it because I don't think, especially if Claypool is back in the mix and everything, I, I don't think he's gonna blow off you know the blow off the top of defenses constantly seven times a game. But he's somebody that given what I know about him in previous years and given how invested I was in Debbie three years ago, uh, I know his potential and I think I'm just going to wait rather than buy right now. I'm just going to wait for when Deontay Johnson has a few blow up games in season or Chase Claypool even has one good game this year to, to buy the dip at that point. If I can't, because man, uh, if, if you had your rookie draft today, Pickens would, be up in there like around top five picks maybe something something like that yeah
2: yeah right now especially like you said um i mean it while you're listening go ahead and google george pickens um news and you're gonna see training camp MVP, not for the steelers uh but like (laughs) everyone in the league (laughs) you know um and then you'll see his highlights and you're gonna say yeah i can see why dude looks healthy that's to me what's uh, the the biggest takeaway from training camp, uh, because you you and I we've been doing this. I mean, you've been doing it longer than I have, but we've been doing this long enough to know George Pickens <laughs> before yeah. last season. You know when he didn't get to play because of his injury. He looks healthy. He looks fast. He looks good, and he's creating separation. And when he isn't, he's going up there and getting the ball and beating people one on one with the what six three. Um,
1: yeah, all of I frame.
2: think it's. I think it's great, man. I think you're spot on, though. I don't think I think because the quarterback play in Pittsburgh, we expect it to be uh, not great. Um Trubisky's not a world beater in his own right. And, and I think um, any rookie quarterback tends to struggle during the Hall of Fame game. They were looking at like uh, Peyton Manning, um, shoot, Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence and just talking about like the jump from year one to year two and year one is a struggle for elite quarterbacks like Peyton Manning even, you know? Uh, so uh, I, I think, uh, George Pickens is, this is the highest price he's going to be until next season. I think you try to get him right before your trade deadline. And, uh, and I think you're going to be, be happy that you did.
1: Yeah. And I think, man, Chris Olave is the last name. I just want to mention for favorite rookies that, you know, making noise in camp and, Rising, you know, we all always knew that Olave was a fun deep threat, as he was, you know, his A dot was absurd. Uh, I think uh, what was that the COVID season? It was just nuts. He kind of leveled out, and uh, because Jackson Smith and Jigba and Garrett Wilson um, could all do everything that you wanted a wide receiver to do, so uh, Olave dominated like the mid range. And but we've always known that he was a great route runner, but he's really been toasting defensive backs left and right in camp. And uh, connecting with Jameis on deep balls, and we know, uh, given what Jameis loved, has has loved to do before, that he loves to air it out. You know, and I, and they already have Michael Thomas. They already have Jarvis Landry, two guys that are proven underneath and mid-range winners. And Alave could be that absolute boom player that just wins you some weeks on like a couple deep bombs from Jameis. So I I'm I was already I think I had Chris Olave as my wide receiver. Well, f- I think fifth overall in the class and I'm not budging off that and I might even move him up a slot higher. Uh, I think he could be somebody that just absolutely goes off even in year 1 even with guys who can, you know, be proven depth underneath options because of the absolute boom potential that I think his game could give us a, a few weeks in here and there. Are you buying in and really, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to go off for you know, Jamar Chase numbers for 1,400 yards. I think we've gotten kind of spoiled with that kind of uh, immediate production with Justin Jefferson, like averaging 1,500 yards a season, and Jamar Chase getting almost that in the last year. But I think easily 800 yards, if not more, uh, is on the table for him.
2: Yeah. I mean, um, who do they have in that wide receiver room? They've got, uh, who were we talking about before the show started? Like Jarvis Landry and. Um, Michael Thomas, who yes, he looks like he's back, uh, but still, neither one of those guys are that deep threat. So, who do you think? I mean, <laughs> I know it's a different situation, but the Saints made ten gin relevant for a little while in, <laughs> in some best ball <laughs> leagues. You know, like yeah. Chris Olave can can be that guy, and like you said, Jameis Winston does not shy away from from some big time throws. Um, and with the LASIK, I think he just might be, uh, (laughs) what we want him to be. We should be sponsored by LASIK, um, potassium vitamins. And, uh, I don't know, some like airline for all of our sky comments earlier. uh, Yeah, absolutely. Free advertising.
1: Yep. Well, sounds like we're all in there, uh, kind of doubting a couple of the guys that we mentioned, but, uh, just wanted to tackle those names. I really do think that, uh, you know, Pickens and Alave and Moore could all three be the, the most productive uh, rookies of their wide receivers this year. I mean, I, I still love Garrett Wilson, but those three might be my bets to be the most productive uh, well, in year Garrett one. Garrett
2: Wilson's not the receiver getting a buzz out of Jets camp. You no, know? It's, it's Elijah Moore. It's all Elijah Moore. Yeah. You know, so, uh, which, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't shock us. He's, he's been in the NFL now. And he was someone that we loved last year, too. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't think that it's a, it's a slight on Garrett Wilson. I just don't think Garrett Wilson's going to be uh, the one yeah. uh, that maybe we had hoped.
1: Yeah. And as for the running backs we discussed, I think a lot of people will still have Ken Walker as the running back, too. And um, several will, will assume that James Cook is a running back three. I'm still on team Rashad White running back yeah, two or are. three in that range. Um, we You know, because of Lenny in front of him. Who showed up to camp like 300 pounds? Whatever.
2: Uh, <laughs> that's always, that's not, always, always the least shocking thing. right? Yeah. running back uh, just has great postseason. Shows up extremely out of shape. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, Of course. It's
1: like, hey man, I, I'm feeling good about myself. I'm gonna, you know, just coast. <laughs> I've got, have got yeah. six weeks. Yeah. To get in shape. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think Leonard Fournette will still be really productive for them. But Rashad White, they they loved utilizing him as a receiver. So I'm still believing in him. I'm not there yet in terms of moving Cook above him. I think short term, we might see Cook outproduce White, but I think long term, White's still the guy with the highest upside there, but just not getting as much buzz. Well, let's talk about some other players down the stretch here. Before we do, I guess we want to hear a word from our sponsor.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, some some Hall of Fame discussion. We just had the Hall of Fame game, Talk some favorite rookies, you know, in, in, making noise in camp, talked about some new Hall of Famers, but I want to talk about some players that are actually still on pace right now, uh, younger players, and even some kind of shoe-in Hall of Famers, uh, just because it's a fun debate to have every, like once a year that we do on the show, Uh, Around this time, just talking about these players who are on pace and if they do X this year could really bolster their resume to, to stay on pace or earn their spot. In the Hall of Fame. I think, you know, a few players that are obvious names that are kind of on the way out of the NFL, like our Frank Gore, Larry Fitzgerald, Adrian Peterson, you know, like whether they're officially retired or not, they're, you know, they're all three. Frank
2: Gore hasn't been drafted yet. He still has a year of eligibility left.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Frank Gore Jr. I'm still disappointed. (laughs) Oh, right, right. I'm still disappointed that Frank Gore didn't make it long enough in the NFL to play, like, on the same team as his son. That would have been incredible. Uh, (laughs) Missed it by like a year or two. But those guys... Obvious shoe ins. I don't care. I don't want to hear the. But Frank Gore wasn't. No, just just shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. Like he's like top five all the time in yard, yards yards and scrimmage. He's gonna make it. But guys that are still in the league, uh, we we could talk about uh, some of these quarterbacks that are just obvious. Like, huh? You think Tom Brady's gonna make? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you think he's gonna make yep. it? Uh, but I, as much as people don't want to hear it, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, all three going to the Hall of Fame eventually. Whether we like it or not, whether we think that they deserve it or not, people want to, want to say, what about what, what Matt Ryan? Really? Mr. 28 to three? Uh, Mr. has an MVP on his resume. And when he wrapped, you know, when he wraps up his career, he's going to be top five in everything. Um, so that's I just, crazy. I mean, like if you look at his raw stats, it, it's, it's insane. Like there's. Like he's up up there with the greats and about, is about to pass the entire you know 2004 class in every single statistic. Um, so I mean, I, we can pick apart you know his game in, in whatever way we want to. But the truth is, he's he's gonna after this season, he's gonna have more passing yards than Dan Marino. Uh, he could pass Philip Rivers. He could pass Ben Roethlisberger after this year. There's real potential that he's only behind for passing yards Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, and Brett Favre. That's the, that's it. Matt Ryan, that's crazy. Matt Ryan, you know, and so like, there's a great chance he actually ends up having more passing yards when it when they're both retired. He, he's still ahead of Aaron Rodgers. He could have more passing yards passing than him. Like it's, he's not going to have all the accolades, um, and it's, he's probably not going to get a, a Super Bowl uh, ever. But having the MVP, what goes on your plaque matters, and he's going to be top five like everything when he wraps it up. And Matt Stafford, same thing. Like he's got the Super Bowl now, and so whether we believe he deserves to be in that conversation, uh, he's already around fifty thousand passing yards by the way, which is twelfth all time, right behind Mr. John Elway. He's gonna pass guys like Eli Manning and Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger uh, with just one more season. Uh, so yeah, once you get that Super Bowl and you get the crazy long term stats, like it's it's tough. Like I know like, we've gotten spoiled with this golden age of quarterback play but it's really tough to get 50,000 plus passing yards. Like it's uh, it, not everybody is Mr. Tom Brady and drew Bree. drew, drew Bree is playing long enough to get 80,000 yards. So yeah, that's crazy. They're going to coast. And then if Russell Wilson, you know, if he stays a starter for basically a few more years, cause he's got the super bowl, like he's already up there. I don't know if you've checked out his stats at all, but he's like at 37,000 passing yards, which isn't great. Um, but he has the super bowl and he has, the, all the ridiculously weird personality stuff. That, you know, like and
2: he's, he's got the opportunity to win a lot more games and put up a lot more numbers in in Denver.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. After this year, it's, it's definitely likely he moves into the top 20 for passing yards, top 20-ish for uh, passing touchdowns. Uh, a lot of key stats that at the end of the day are going to really matter. And so he really needs probably three more years, but he's probably a shoe in eventually. Travis Kelsey, tight end, obvious name. Like there's no debate uh whether he's getting into the Hall of Fame. Like like what would that what would that argument even look like to try to say that he doesn't deserve it? I don't think I don't think you can have a sensible
2: argument.
1: In a <laughs> no. Like he's he's already got nine thousand plus yards from scrimmage, uh, which is insane for tight ends. Like it's it's weird tight ends because they do so much more than just catch the ball. Um like, if you look at Hall right. of Fame tight ends that have made it before, like, the most productive ones still get close to 10,000 yards. Not all of them do, but, like, you know, uh, the modern era ones get close to that mark. Um, but, like, I still think there are still going to be some guys that don't. And if he just has an okay that year this year, like, he's going to, you know, be just fine with, uh, with his stats. Like, he's not going to be Tony Gonzalez racking up 15,000 receiving yards more than likely. Uh, but right. He's, he's right there with, like, Shannon Sharp, who's a, around 10,000 right now um, as well. So I'm acting like he's going to add to his career. But you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's right there with Shannon Sharp. Like, he, he could be one of the most productive tight ends of all time. There's a few other guys who are probably going to go in before him that aren't in yet. Like, you know, Antonio Gates and a couple other guys that have retired recently. But Kelsey is an obvious name. But beyond that, like, who else do you think? Active... Fantasy relevant guys, you think of like, oh, this guy is probably on pace, our typical pace to make it to the Hall of Fame. Hmm.
2: I mean, it's 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 tough because so many of these players, so many of the the stars in the league are are still so young and, and kind of beginning their journeys, right? Like I know people are already saying like Patrick Mahomes is definitely going to make it, but there's still so much career ahead of him that I don't, I don't know. We, we can't say that for certain. There's so much that can happen. Um, but if I had to bet, will Patrick Mahomes one day be in the hall of fame? Yeah. I'd, I'd say, sure. Why not? He's, you know, he's already got some of the hardware that you like to see, but does he have a longevity? Um, yeah. I mean, some of the, some of the names that, that come to mind, I mean, um, did you mention Julio Jones already?
1: You know, I, I didn't even mention that name, but he's probably a shoe in. I, I think a lot of people think he's a shoe in. Um, he's very Mike close, Evans?
2: he's a guy we talk a lot about, you know, like uh, quietly putting up thousand yard receiving seasons year after year after year. Think about him I know is, you're high on Mike Evans.
1: I mean, Julio Jones, like he's he's still even after last year's debacle, like he's still first all time in receiving yards per game. At 91.9. Oof. 91.9 per game. Like, for his entire career since he came into the league in 2011. That's insane. Yeah, Like no one else is even close. Like there's one player that's close and we'll get to him. Um, so if he has an okay season. Like one more okay season. Like he's sitting around 13,000. Just over 13,000 receiving yards. To get in like the Reggie Wayne range. He needs like a thousand yards more. And Reggie Wayne's going to go. And Marvin Harrison yeah. already went in. I know there's a two Colts receivers, but they're very similar resumes and he's going to get right up to that minimum. He's now, he's not, if he gets one more decent season, he's in, but he's probably in anyway, given that he's, you know, averaged more receiving yards per game than anyone ever. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, as far as fantasy relevant, Justin Tucker, maybe.
1: <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking kickers. Uh, none of my leagues play with kickers anymore. But yeah, That's Justin, Justin Tucker's probably on pace. I just don't have his stats pulled up, so. <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you know, uh though keeping it wide receiver though. You mentioned that I like Mike Evans. And I do. I really do. And um I know some people think, "Oh, because of, you know, because of how they feel about him from a fantasy perspective, like how he can kind of be boom bust or whatever." Um and he's not like an 1800 yards per season kind of guy they think right. oh well he's not a hall of famer like he like when i think of a hall of famer he's i think of guys that are you know the Calvin Johnsons that have almost 2000 yards in a season but the truth of the matter is he's got over 9300 yards through 8 seasons which is averaging 1163 yards receiving yards per year and he's averaging 76.2 receiving yards per game which is actually 11th all the time so as much as we we think he isn't like this Crazy high average guy, um, and he's boom bust or whatever. He's eleventh all time in receiving yards per game, and huh. he's the best of the prolific in terms of per game numbers, per season numbers, in just about every way out of the 2014 prolific wide receiver class. So you're the best wide receiver in the best class ever, and you're eleventh all time in receiving yards per game, and you're not going to make it to the hall. Um, he's probably going to eventually slow down, but. He has another year with Tom Brady now. <laughs> and yep. so, like, if he if he gets basically two more seasons around the pace that he's been holding, he's going to be, you know, around o- almost to 12,000 receiving yards already. And then he could just kind of dink and dunk and age out and accidentally get to 14,000 receiving yards, you know? And yeah. so he's, he's I've got absolutely another one on for base. you. Yeah.
2: What about DeAndre Hopkins?
1: Yeah that's a good one because uh, you know he his he's his stock has definitely dropped in just the, like the last right. 5 seconds but if you look at his career as well he's just got one more season under his belt than Mike Evans um and how actually you know how many receiving yards per year do you think he's averaging
2: DeAndre yeah Aver- um
1: 1252 Eleven seventy-seven last year really um, killed him, but his yeah. per, per game numbers <laughs>
2: and this and this year's gonna kill him too. <laughs> yeah, but his
1: yeah, <laughs> but his per game numbers though, uh, seventy-seven point eight receiving yards per game, which is seventh all time. So he's way way up there already at just shy of eleven thousand receiving yards. So typically, if you want to make it to the hall, like if you look at the guys who have made it to the hall in the last you know twenty years. In the modern era of football, like you need at bare minimum, like if you played in this era, you have to get to 13,000 receiving yards. Absolutely. If you get, if you're below there, you're not going to make it. If you look at a bunch of the guys, if you uh, either that, or you like, didn't play very many seasons, because like the only exception is Megatron. And that's because Megatron is Megatron. And he had his absurd 1900 plus, you know, receiving yard season or whatever it was. And um, we all knew that even though he played nine seasons, he was the most dominant force. They would triple team him at the goal line. Like everyone knew that he was the big deal. And he was three-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Pro Bowl, you know, just dominant force. But outside of being Megatron, you have to get to 13,000 career receiving yards. And really, if you want to be safe, you got to get to 14,000 probably. Um, we and we still have some guys that have recently recently retired that aren't in yet that are at fourteen thousand plus and they're eligible but they're not in. So you have to get there. But Hopkins could have like three or four meh seasons and then hang it up. And he's probably right on that cusp. So I think he's right. certainly on pace and it's probably. How do
2: you think? If you if you just play a long time and you kind of uh, accumulate stats towards the end of your career,
1: mm-hmm.
2: does, does that have a negative impact on getting into the hall or not? What do you think?
1: I think it definitely does. If you look at some of the uh, the running backs, like like guys like like LeSean McCoy, like he limped his way to fifteen thousand yards, but people won't really count those last couple of seasons because it was just so gross. Uh, he wasn't even the starter, but his prime was definitely in that conversation, but if you limp it to the end too long, people start asking questions like, does he really deserve it, or is he just a compiler? Like, same mm-hmm. Frank, like Frank Gore thing, you know? Because like everyone's last memory of him are, like, the last five ugly seasons where you're like, how is this dude still walking, you know? And he's
2: playing with the Jets. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And,
1: and people forget that, like, dude broke his pelvis and then put up 1,300 yards a year after, you know? Like, <laughs> Uh, right. Like when, when he was much younger Like in 2006 or whatever But no one no one remembers that So I, I, I don't know I think if you look at the entire body work And you look at the, the most recent classes That have gone in at each position You can kind of be informed I think overall the NFL does love their counting stats though Like even if you didn't have a perfect end to your career Even if you did kind of stick around for a long time There are guys that kind of made it in like that Like I can think of like uh, Andre Reid like when he went in the hall and when he didn't, and not to knock him, uh, just, when he went into the hall, like in 2014, I was like, really? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's 25 wide receivers that are eligible right now that are better than him. Um, right. And right. So like in, in terms of his complete body of work, like he was a 16 season guy though. And so that matters.
2: And playing in a different era and mm-hmm. playing in like through different eras as well.
1: Yeah. But like dude was literally never an all pro type type wide receiver ever didn't have the peaks of a bunch of guys who I think still deserve to go in. And so, but because he was that, that long-term, you know, long-term guy, um, you know, 16 season kind of guy, he got in like, even like an art monk, similar conversation, Uh, even though it's another 16 year guy, he eventually got in, but it took him a while. Um, I think it, it just, if you are that kind of player, it takes you longer. Cause like Andre Reed was retired in uh, 2000. Like he was, a, he, his last NFL stat was like in the year 2000. And yeah, he needed to wait a way to get in. Yeah, it took him like 14, 15 years to get in. So I think that kind of career, like if if it is that Hopkins and Evans, you know, they really drop off, but they get up to the counting thresholds, they'll still both get in. It might just take them a little, a little bit longer. But as it stands, they're yeah. both currently on pace to get in pretty quickly, unless something drastically changes for either one. Now, beyond those two, that's probably it. Like in terms of like the younger guys who have several years remaining, or at least a few years, definitely remaining. Like I, I know people want to talk about Cooper cup and Tyreek Hill, like we did earlier, uh, even Devante Adams, but like Devante Adams, people forget Devante Adams started super slow. Like, yeah. Like what do you think? He's, <laughs> I
2: remember, I remember drafting him when, Like I think it was his, maybe his rookie or sophomore year when green Bay had all those injuries and they're like, well, it's gotta be the Devante Adams show
1: needed nothing. Right. And, and even though, like, we love Devontae Adams and he's been dominant, like, you know, having 1,300 plus yards, 1,300 plus yards, 1,500 plus yards, having double-digit double digit t- uh, touchdowns five times, um, you know, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting because, like, he's got the two all-pro seasons. And if that continues uh, in his new home, great. If he gets one more all-pro season, he probably makes it. But does he do that at age 30 and beyond? Um, right. cause he's right now he's averaging like 70 yards ish per game, which is not great all time. Um, you know, and so like when he, and his overall totals, like he's not even to 9,000 yards yet. Um, uh, you know, he's like a thousand less than Evans. So he still has to keep, keep passing that pace. Cause Evans, he's right on that cusp. Like, you know, and, and Adams is not there and Cooper cup, you know, he did have the crazy season that he had. Um, but even so, like, in a year where I mean, he
2: didn't even get the MVP. I mean, how did no, he, he last didn't. year? Honestly, he did.
1: <laughs> but and, and it was funny like, because, you know, it, it was like the perfect storm in terms of other people getting injured around him and him having to be the guy, the focal point of the entire offense, like probably never does that again because um, outside, even including that in bonkers year, he's still only averaging 1100 yards per season, um, you know, 77.7 yards per game, which is on like hopkins pace but the thing is cup came into the league so old that he's already 29 years old
2: that is that is absolute i mean we always talk about um how young dj Moore is
1: yeah if you still 25 after four
2: seasons how what's the age difference between the two Mm -hmm. you would not hear me say four years (laughs) you know like that's crazy
1: yeah it's insane like dj Moore and velis jones are like the same age (laughs) <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, it's dumb. Like, DJ Moore has oh. been in the league four years, so he's entering season five, and he looks over at Vellis Jones. He's like, "Hey, dude, you could be like my dad." <laughs> yeah, not really. But Cooper Cup, he only has like fifty-five hundred receiving yards. So he's I know. Way to go. I mean, he'd have to have like two or three more seasons that were just bizarre nonsense, like he did last year. Otherwise, he's not going to get there on the totals. And the Tyreek, um, he's a 6,600, almost averaging identical uh, yearly numbers with Cup uh, at 11.05. Uh, and his per-game numbers are actually worse. So really, he has a ways to go, too. Uh, he's a little bit younger, but he's still like, man. It's just really tough to, to reach the threshold that's expected of modern-era wide receivers that play long enough to make it to the hall. Like we have seen almost one per year over the last 20 plus years go in. So maybe, maybe, you know, maybe some of these guys eventually make it. And when they're age like 34, they reach the the threshold that hall of fame voters like to see. And that's fine. But there's still a ton of guys that haven't gotten in that have much better resumes than the guys we're talking about Mm -hmm. today. So it will be interesting to see like even though this is like the past happiest era ever how many of these guys actually when it's all said and done have the re- requisite resume to get in. Um think
2: Antonio Brown gets in.
1: I think he stupided as he, he stupided his because you know the irony yeah. like, he he stupided his way out of yeah. making it because um being a, an absolute embarrassment to both the no, league it's not helping. himself. And even if it is, and it is uh, clearly, that he has some severe mental health issues um, that's both sad and frustrating. Um, and had he not just gone off an absolute bonkers cliff, uh, he would have coasted to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, it would not even yeah. have been, he would have been like – he was on first ballot pace. Like, he was – he makes all these other resumes we're talking about look silly. Like – he had six years in a row we where he had at least at least twelve hundred and ninety three yards from scrimmage <laughs> that's insane and yeah and he had four seasons in there with over fifteen hundred so yeah 12 right now he's all he's still seriously almost twelve thousand five hundred yards from scrimmage even with him just burning the last three seasons up mm-hmm. in flames um so had he just had Normal ish years and average like nine hundred yards plus, he'd be sitting around fifteen thousand yards from scrimmage career. So, that's so sad because he he was yeah. he was one of the best that the game has ever seen.
2: Oh, it was so but fun. because
1: of all the drama and all the nonsense, and that's what people are going to remember him for. Probably not. Right. But yeah. A couple of the guys because there's really if I mean there are probably people that are listening like what about so and so. It's just really hard to make it. Like even DJ yeah, Moore. DM you know? us.
2: DM us. Let us know you. Think. Seriously, <laughs> let us know
1: like who you think uh, should be in, or leave it in your review. Anything, but yeah. DJ Moore, even like a guy who's been averaging like over a thousand yards per season and is still just twenty five years old. If he does that for so and so years, great, cool. If he does that for ten more years, exactly what he's doing, he'll have, he'll hit the bare, the bare minimum. It's just really tough. That's crazy. You know, like it's just really tough for anyone to make it. Um, into the hall, uh, but but really, if we want to talk about like super young guys who, if they do what they're doing, are even close for very long, will make it. Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. <laughs> My gosh, right? I, I mean, the only I mentioned this earlier, but the only guy who's even close to reaching what <laughs> Julio Jones is doing per game in terms of receiving yards is Justin Jefferson, averaging ninety one point four receiving yards per game, half a yard below what julio jones is and not not only that he's got three thousand plus receiving yards through two seasons yeah so insane and then jamar chase with 1455 last year 85.8 over 85 yards per game so both a- a- amid the top 10 all time so far
2: with with the extra game, like you you talking about receiving yards per game just made me wonder, do you think, and maybe we've actually talked about this, with the NFL adding an extra game, do you think the thresholds will kind of naturally adjust as well? Or do you uh, think they're kind of perhaps, solid because?
1: Perhaps. But I also um, I am curious just to see how long players play. Um, yeah. Because if players average a shorter career, Right. You know, with, with health concerns being more on the forefront, that's probably its own podcast by itself. But right. um yeah, I think the the thresholds, it's just really tough to play long enough. Like when you look at the resumes, like when you when it's all said and done, like, man, if you have to get to fourteen thousand receiving yards in a few years from now, like if the the, the threshold is seriously fourteen K just to get in, like so many things have to go right. You have to probably yeah. play. For 12 plus years because even the the best wide receivers like all time that have gotten into the pro football hall of fame like if we look at just like the the, the highest average like receiving yards per year to get into the hall of fame let's look at it right now just right on there. Uh the highest ever career is 1291 per game and that's calvin johnson Uh next after that is jerry rice 1144 average per season, which you would think would be higher considering like the peaks of these guys. But if you look at all of the pro football hall of fame, wide receivers ever to make it only three, the third one is Marvin Harrison, but only three averaged over 1100 receiving yards per season. It's just really hard to do that for as long as these guys do. uh, and, And then, and then do that like for like what, what 15, like 14, 15 years. Like it's insane. Like there's only five guys. Who averaged even a thousand receiving yards per season ever in terms of Hall of Famers?
2: You know, that would be a great trivia question because I would have guessed way like I would have just thought it would be a higher number, you know. Yeah.
1: But the um, thing is, players' careers tail off. Like the rookie year, yeah, exactly. the second year exactly. that wasn't great. And then the last three years are not great. And so like they played 15 years, but five of the years weren't good. You know? <laughs> and so yeah. um, yeah, it's tough to average. That many receiving yards for that long, like even the guys we talked about, like, and that's staying
2: healthy for twelve seasons. Yeah, that's staying healthy, <laughs> like
1: every year. Like that's insane. Like The guys who have yeah. been averaging that we've been talking about, that are currently over like eleven 1, hundred yards per season, they're not going to be that at, at that when it's all said and done, unless they retire early. Right. And if they retire early, they're not going to get close to the threshold they probably need, unless they have two or three bonkers, bonkers, crazy Megatron seasons or Cooper Cup seasons from last year, if we see them do it two, three, four times in their career, then they can get on, get in on a shorter career. But that's really tough. Like, we don't have very much precedent of that actually working for short careers, especially for wide receivers. Because, like, if you look at all the, the wide receivers in the Hall of Fame right now, all of them played at least nine seasons. All of them. Yeah, that's and, crazy. And most of them played at least 14. Like, there's, like, wow. there's only, like... Yeah, that's a long time. It's a long yeah, time. It is so. It's really tough to to play long enough at all in the NFL to make it, and then to average what they what they did is just insane. But a few other guys, running backs. I mean, tight ends. There's not many, many guys to talk about. I mean, we we could you know maybe project in a huge way for guys like Mark Andrews or something. But running backs are going to be really interesting because of the longevity thing. Like if you look yeah. at the the resumes right now. And how long they played, uh, like guys like Gale Sayers and Terrell Davis, you know, the, those guys had shorter careers. Earl Campbell, just because of the route that he went, had a shorter career. Floyd Little, because he played in like the 60s and 70s, he had a shorter career. But every other guy in the entire modern football Hall of Fame that was a running back, not like a halfback or end or whatever, that like back in the day, played at least 10 seasons. And uh, oh, yeah. playing at least 10 seasons... At least ten seasons at running back in today's NFL. Like even ten years ago, that was way way more common. But playing uh, and staying healthy and and not flaming out like a Todd Gurley or a David Johnson, who who like exploded with two thousand yards at some point early and then just flamed out because their knees went bad. Um, yeah,
2: Chris Johnson. I mean.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, and and he's and what's what's crazy about Chris Johnson? He was Mister Two K. There's no way he's I know. getting in. No way he's ever getting in. And so. That stinks. But that's just, that's where, that's, that's where it is. Like, I'm not sure. Like what current running backs in the NFL do you think are on a good enough pace right now that you would say that, yeah, they're probably going to make it to the, the hall of fame one day.
2: I mean, two years ago, Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> right. um, but these injuries, I, it's, it's hard. It'd be hard to expect anything like that at this point.
1: Um well, which, by the way, this is that's a great time for me to insert my, my trivia question here for you. Oh, Who do you no. think has more career PPR? Giovanni Bernard, Lamar Miller, or Christian McCaffrey?
2: Most PPR points mm-hmm. in, their, in, in their in the total careers. career. I'm going to go with Lamar Miller.
1: <laughs> uh, it's actually Giovanni Bernard Of course it is <laughs> Because he's, he's played longer um, But Lamar Miller actually uh, uh, Until last year just barely edged out um, Christian McCaffrey Which is insane
2: Yeah, yeah uh, There was a running back I was thinking about earlier Now I can't remember who it was um, That's thrilling content for everyone to listen to Yeah um, I mean, Zeke, but he's tailed off so much. Like, I don't know if he's anyone that we think is going to do it now. You know, here's um, the thing,
1: though. That is so overplayed. I, I get it. It's just like that narrative that, like, Zeke, Zeke Elliott's, like, really trash now. Like, that's just.
2: I don't think he's trash. I just don't think he's getting the workload that we would hope to see uh, for this conversation.
1: Yeah. He had 284 To put up touches. the numbers. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's okay. He had 284 touches last year with a torn PCL.
2: Oh, Derrick Henry was the other one I was thinking about.
1: Yeah. He's another guy just because, like, he's a freak and there's never been anything like a Derrick Henry that the people might just look at him and go, yeah, probably. We should probably just put him in. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I, I don't know how long he'll play, but um, he's he's not going to have the stats because he started so slow. Like, he's got the 2,000-yard right. season. But even with that two thousand yard rushing season, he's not even up to seven thousand career rushing yards, and he's already twenty, what
2: twenty eight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that.
1: So he's not going to have the raw stats that would generally get in. Um, but he might get in just because you know somebody looks at Derrick Henry and goes, "Yeah, that guy was different."
2: And, and when they when he takes him to the Super Bowl and wins it this year,
1: oh, of course, yeah, like because he has two rushing crowns, he had an All Pro season two seasons like with 16 and 17 rushing touchdowns, uh, multiple seasons over 100 yards per game. Like there's there's ways to sell you on Derrick Henry getting into the hall, but he's going to have to still stay healthy for a few more years, probably to get anywhere near. Which is asking a lot. I know it is. It really is. Uh, Considering uh, he wasn't even healthy down the stretch last year. But Ezekiel Elliott is legitimately probably the only resume right now that's even close to what we used to see be necessary pace to make it. Um, yeah. So, like, if you look at his career resume right now, he's got nine thousand six hundred thirty yards from scrimmage, which is, by the way, since he came into the league in twenty sixteen, that nine thousand six hundred thirty yards from scrimmage is over two thousand more yards from scrimmage than any other NFL player has. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. More than two thousand. Really- than any other player in the league. And yeah, 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 he's really dropped off, guys. Probably. No, I'm sorry, he has not. So I'm I'm cashing in all the way to the bank. I'm laughing because like dude had a torn torn PCL last year, 284, 284 touches last year. And uh we're concerned about him not being in a, a, you know running back one conversation when he's gonna be in do the Do you hall.
2: feel the same about Saquon?
1: I do. I think we're I think we're gonna we're gonna see this another season where like back in 2018, like we saw like f- like four or five, six guys even explode and have like silly, silly running, running back one seasons. I think we can see that again. From the guys yeah. that are the obvious picks that we should be taking ahead of all these other guys, but we're not. You know? Yeah,
2: it reminds me of the year Adrian Peterson was coming back from his injury and mm-hmm. no one wondered him. And yeah. I won every league I was in that year because I took him at the end of the second round yep. and smashed. <laughs> and,
1: and Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley, you're getting what? Round three? Round four? Round plus that in some spots? So for sure yeah yeah so um guys like that i think will will absolutely blow up for at least one more year like and, and really zeke probably only needs one more year like because if he has one more year where he, where he gets to you know he gets to like eleven thousand yards from scrimmage but he had like they'll look at his his overall body of work and go oh he had like over how many yards than anyone else in his entire era for like six years you know yeah like, and
2: he's been an all pro twice already, three Pro Bowl appearances.
1: Yeah, um, plus he got the yeah. offensive player of the year, offensive, or he was in the running for offensive player of the year and offensive rookie of the year, like came in second place. Um, hit, I don't know. Like they, he's got all sorts of crazy average numbers too. He, hey,
2: who knew this was going to be a Ezekiel Elliott stand cast? <laughs> hey, you know, and I don't like the
1: Cowboys at all, and I don't like <laughs> to root for Zeke at all. But when I look at the resumes of all the running backs in football, No one else is even close to the pace that we used to see make it to the league. Because if you look at the the current resumes of guys who've made it to the Hall of Fame, and I know it's different now. Like the the thresholds might change in terms of what we expect out of running backs, but like the yards from scrimmage from these guys, it's just it's insane. Like if like if we look at uh, like just the raw totals, like you've got yards from scrimmage, like Emmitt Smith. (laughs) Emmett Smith, his yards from scrimmage, it's like 21,000 plus. So is Walter Payton, yeah. 21,000 plus. Both those guys played 13, 15 years. Oh. Marshall Falk, Ladanian Tomlinson, both those guys um, up there at like, what is it? Oh, man. Where? I, per year? No, I'm looking at the, the total. Oh, yeah, 18,000, 19,000 yards from scrimmage. Like, we're not going to see that ever again. Like, no. No, no, no one. No one is ever going to get up to eighteen thousand yards from scrimmage, probably ever again. Like it's not going to happen because you're not going to have guys playing until they're thirty six anymore.
2: I hope not. <laughs> like let's be honest, it's not probably the best for anyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, and like, and it, and it's highly likely that guys like Lashawn McCoy have more yards from scrimmage than every other remaining yard, run, running back in the rest of NFL history, and he might not get in. <laughs> you know. And so, like, he's sitting at 15,000-ish yards from scrimmage. And uh, Zeke, uh, the way that everyone else is projecting and talking about him, he's not going to get there. <laughs> so, uh, like, even, like, the guy who's, like, in second right now, since since Zeke came into the league, is actually Melvin Gordon. He's not going to get there. Yeah, he's, he's not, not going to get not there. In it. <laughs> no. So, and, and if if McCaffrey and Saquon can't stay healthy, I don't care what their ceilings were. They're not getting in either. So Right. It's just, it's really crazy to, to project who's going to make it. And it's really crazy difficult to stay healthy. I know we've said that like a thousand times, but it is nuts looking at these guys' careers that are just, we're never going to see that ever again. You're not going to see Barry Sanders, LaDain Talbinson, and it stinks. Uh, it's just not going to look the same anymore. Because right. you know, even in backfields that um, have an, a, an, a crazy awesome talent, like Javante Williams this year, it's probably going to be like 55-45 split. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, it's right. Just, and that's smart for NFL teams to do, but terrible for uh for stats. So
2: And if and if they don't, it just means that his career will be that much shorter,
1: you know. They'll move
2: on that much quicker. I mean, you see you don't see near as many running backs getting a second contract, let alone a third contract, you know, uh, yeah. with their same team and in, in an established
1: role. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's probably all the time we have for on the show, unless you uh, got any names you want to throw out or any other, you know, perhaps. No, man, this, this on pace was good. I all famers. mean,
2: I don't think we got to talk about Jalen Tolbert and the rookie part, but uh, Michael Gallup still not really being ready to go yet. And now James Washington being hurt. Uh, Jalen Tolbert's a guy I've been, uh, man, I, I don't know. If I think he's good or think he's going to be good, but, man, I want him to. And because I want him to so badly, <laughs> I have him in every league. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well,
1: hey, you, heard it, you heard it here from Stefan. Dylan Tolbert, yes. believe, even if he's not got the camp pipe yet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, leave a rate and review question in, in your review or, uh, you know, comment about some Hall of Famers, anything like that. Find us on Twitter. You can find me at FF underscore Travis M. On Twitter, you can find Stayfun at Stéphane Laco, that's L-A-K-O, on Twitter. Uh, we should be doing uh, weekly shows. Again, I know we kind of took some time off from, from the summer. It's good to be back. But uh, if you guys have any questions for the show, reach out anytime. But uh, looking forward to really so much more college football talk as, as camps continue to open. NFL talk we will be hopping back and forth between the two. And diving into the journey of all these best football players. But until next time, you guys take care and enjoy some football.